Welcome to Mary Jane and Munchies. It's your girl, Queen Jones. What's up? It's your girl, Boston Bossy. These are the top five foods before and after you should get done before you get high. Like, mangoes! Mango, mango, mango! <laughs> I love she you. She thought sis. I was gonna be hyped, but I'm hyped! Alright, mangoes are great for you in shakes. You can put them in cobblers. You can go ahead and eat them fresh or dried. They're, or frozen! They're accessible. Alright, you can get them at the markets. You can get them at the bodegas. They're anywhere, everywhere. Get yourself a mango. They're gonna increase your high before you get the smoke, okay? Raw almonds. Raw almonds are great as well before you get high, but after as well if you need a quick munchies. Uh, I want to specifically say that raw is better than roasted. Roasted is gonna give you a really harsh taste as opposed to raw is gonna give you that really sweet, yummy, umami flavoring that you need when you're trying to get to that place of comfort that munchies give you. So the next quality combination, like you can do this before, after, during, green tea, all right? This is good for your throat assist because as smokers, we get like, Hold up. Oh. Where's my saliva? I ain't got no more. So green tea is definitely going to enhance your high and it's just gonna help you in general with the antioxidants to get you're only gonna brew it three to five minutes, okay? That's so basically what you should do is brew some green tea the night before, put that in the fridge, make you a shake with some mango in it, use the green tea to liquefy it, and then have your wake and bake. Thank us later. <laughs> I'm washing my hands while I say this. <laughs> Rona's will. We have to pretend to wash your hands nowadays. All right, so the next one is peanut butter. Before you get high, this is a great buttery subtly that can enhance your high. Butters and nut butters in general are going to enhance your hot, enhance your hot, enhance your hot. You are going to put this on some toast. You can make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Or a date. Or a date. That is ex- a candy date. Not a candy date. It's just a dry date. It's going to taste like candy. It's going to taste like Reese's. It's going to taste like It's going to taste good. It's going to taste like, I don't eat like any munchies. sweets, bro. It's going to taste like, it's going to taste like my sweets, okay? I think I have to think it's Reese's because it's that good to me. Well, you have it, bro. It's going to be that great. And you're gonna be like, oh, so good. Great for those that cannot have dairy. Yeah, think about it. And the last main one, this is for our people. Black beans. Now, you can use this as a protein booster before you get high, and this is definitely good in burgers, sides, some can, some can of oil, some can of butter, drizzle with a little can of oil. Yeah, with some garlic and onions, saute it. Boom. You can use this in a can, or you can some do this. Garlic infused can of oil. Like, she's, she's taking it to a different degree. Spaceship. She's always taking it there. Boston Bossy. Reporting. Oh my god. <laughs> like, but also you know that you can get this on all levels. Can dry. 
and don't be afraid to do whatever is cost efficient for you we're not expecting you to spend all your money 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 that's more money more problems all right that's okay this was mary jane and munchies Yo, 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 it's Queenie Jones, and we're breaking down a special segment piece to interlude to our YouTube. So before we get into it, let me just ask, what is your favorite munchie, Boston Boston? Hmm, so for savory, I'm like a pasta person, because after I get super duper high, I feel like I just want to eat all of the food in the world, but pasta will give me the feeling of eating all the food without actually and I like sauce. She's a salty gal. I'm salty. I know this because I'm her personal chef too, so she's really about this sauce saucy, game. Saucy. You better not slip up on the sauce. She's in the. I, and this is imaginary pinky scoop of sauce. If it's not thick and how she wants it, she, it's not a sauce. That's not sauce. You just lacing it with dressing. <laughs> so, my favorite munchies by far is mangoes. Look here. Those are my niche. I can get them on the fly. I eat all types of mangoes, champagne, Kent. I get them from Brazil. I get them from the the South America specifically. That's the that's the, that's the better mango. Okay. The best mangoes from Panama. The best mangoes is from wherever the best mangoes is that day. Okay. That's how I feel about my munchies. Now. So, with that being said, we are allowing our MJs, aka our audience, to bust down their favorite munchies, and on our YouTube, we'll have a big old shake, fishbowl style, of a raffle, and pull out our munchie, or our actual guest. Sometimes it depends on how many people listen, so the more listenership we get, the more opportunity to see your food be made on our channel, Mary Jane and Munchies. Hello. Hey. All right. Hey, hey there. <laughs> yeah, we, we realized that we couldn't hear you because <laughs> we didn't have that phone so, um, welcome everybody. Uh, we are talking today with Daniel Johnson, otherwise known to the world as the Renaissance Man, Wizard Avery. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm going to throw it over to Munchies over here. She's going to talk about this game that we're going to play to be a little icebreaker. So this is our very first Mary Jane Munchies game, Truth or Toke. Set it up. All right. So we're going to ask you a series of questions, and you're just going to tell us if you're going to truth it or you're going to toke it, okay? All right. So let me know when you're ready. Okay. Hold on. Let me set myself up here. Seems like this is about to get real. Okay. It gets real out here. We the real is out here. Mike. All right. I'm ready. Okay. First question. 
Have you ever stole weed from a family member? Oh no, that's blasphemous. <laughs> you said blasphemous. That's glad. Yo, let me tell you something, man. I, I I done took a lot from family and friends. Like I I take your last cookie, I take your chips, I take your 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 unopened water bottle. What I'm not ever gonna do is take anything out your wallet without permission or without your weed jar without permission. That's just not okay. Off GP, thank you. Just GP, bro. That's just not okay. Disrespectful. Do you believe in sex and weed during or before? I believe in any way possible. Like, if that makes sense. So if I can have it before, after, during, it doesn't really matter to me. When have you had a better experience? Ooh, I don't. I don't think you can. I don't think I can say that anyone's been better. I think uh, it's always been specific to the mood that I'm in, or you know, to the situation. That it had to happen. Because sometimes it happens before. Because it can only happen before. Sometimes it happens afterwards. Because it can only happen afterwards. Uh, it usually happens while during. On purpose. But you know. Besides that though. It's, it's usually conditional for me. So for us. I think I would just tell you a backstory. Alright. The first time I had a weed experience. Plus sex. I was just like. In a situation we were kicking it. And I was like, all right now. I see. Sucky, sucky. And then we were smoking. That's usually how it goes. Netflix and chill. You feel me? But at the same time, I wasn't expecting it to just be like an enhancement like that. We was going at it. We started kissing. I was like, oh, my God. Just strokes of happiness on my neck. Not my neck. Don't. All right. You're definitely. This is the weed. All right. Because you know how everything is enhanced with weed, especially food. So this definitely took it to a different degree. I was like, weed and food is going to be here. All right. It's sex. The sad part about it is, is that, you know, I remember that. I remember when a blunt would take sex from like three to like 30. And nothing like you were like, what am I doing? This wasn't what I was doing before I did this. And. You know, now I remember, this, this is about to be really bad, but I remember, like, the one time I had, like, just completely sober sex, and it was absolutely amazing. It was, it was absolutely amazing, and I was like, well, how is this even fucking possible? <laughs> you know, um, there's something to be said about that that level of and, and you know that's on a lot of things man um yeah i'm, I'm jealous of new smokers like baby smokers like the people who just get into it man i'm so jealous of you right you'd be like so, well i saw <laughs> rabbits and shit oh you're seeing rabbits that's a great real statement because yeah. uh so mary jane and munchies um i'm a little younger i'm boston bossy so i'm a little bit i'm a little bit older um the queen than, the than queen me and the what you're describing is what I feel now when it comes to smoking. Like I never used to be able to hold on to so much weed. Now smoking seems sometimes, depending on my mood, to be such a chore and a task. Yeah, like I man. just want to be high. I don't want to get high. And I'm just like, ah, must I roll? Must I break it down? Must I go through the initial like now. my body adjusting to it? Now, see, that's now that's a problem I have because when we talk about you know uh, quitting, so what, what one of the things that I talk about quitting, it's not it's not so much 
See, see, it's easy to convince me to quit something that I don't enjoy doing, but do it out of habit. You know, even though that habit might be a hard break, it is still an easier thing to swallow than telling me to stop doing something that, like, I love. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a transition of stopping smoking right now um, for many reasons. And the more I find is that, man, every single part about this thing I like. I like the breakdown. I like the roll-up. I like the, the, the licking of the thigh. I, I, I enjoy every single part about it. And so with me, uh, you know, because you know, I'm trying to get the edible life. I'm trying to get a complete and utter edible right. life. That's my next step. I'm trying to get the complete and utter edible life. But I can't do that Speak because <laughs> I enjoy this. Like, I enjoy, it's like... um. A lot of uh, Orisha practic- practitioners think I'm um, connected to Ogun the way I just, I enjoy the process of smoking just like period, just period. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is calming and therapeutic to me, you know, to inhale and exhale. Uh, a lot of people put that on oral fixation, you know. Mm-hmm. It is definitely, for me, it's, uh, it's the only time that my mind is quiet. Mm. Because, like, I'm one of those people that just racing, racing, racing thoughts, always trying to build a new business, a new thing. And when I smoke, I don't have to concentrate on it. I can, of course, do other things while I'm doing it. But the purest and the best experience comes from just having that moment of, like, shutting off everything else in the world and having, like, this alone time with myself. Um, But not alone time to plot something else. Mm. Speaking of that, where is the oddest place you've lit up? So, what do we classify as odd? Exactly whatever your brain went to when you asked yourself that. Come on now. Okay. Because I think you try to quantify it. Odd is whatever you think is odd. Right. I mean, okay. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I mean, because I have... Because there we go. <laughs> okay, you see? You see? There we right. go. We cause... didn't say it appropriate. We didn't... You know, because there's there odd places. You in the mortuary, your friend just died, and you're like, what for you, man? No, right. in front of his mama, that's no. <laughs> um, hmm, the oddest place. I, I think, without a doubt, the oddest place. That would be rude. It would be <laughs> you rude. Know, you lay dead. It would be absolutely rude. It would be absolutely rude. The disrespect. And his mom just like, uh, I know that y'all was, what are you doing? <laughs> you just breaking it down like, he would really appreciate this. What? <laughs> I think the oddest place I have ever smoked was actually the funnest place was this abandoned warehouse um, when I was in college. Came back home. Um, it was real creepy. It was at night. It was really freaky. You know, like, and you know, looking back now, I was like, we should have not done that. Like, we could have been beat by homeless people. That was some, yeah, that was, that was extra. That was some non-melanated people shit. Well, no, 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 no. Because there was no, like, non-melanated crazy shit is when there's a clear sign of danger like clearly like when i think about it as a grown man i'm like yeah that probably wasn't the safest thing to do but then i mean you couldn't tell us you know there was nothing right in front of our face you know white people like to go oh that looks like that's dangerous over there let me go ahead over there see, right. see what we got going on over there but no no it was definitely um it was it was definitely in hindsight it was dangerous but in that moment it was serene it was real serene, but it was odd though because it was this real weird old place. But um, but yeah, that's that's probably it. Um, I was I was going to say the movie theaters, but I don't count that as odd. I count that as inappropriate. 
Okay, yeah. I can see that being odd as well. And now I'm mad I've never lit up in a movie theater. And y'all two are extra. Y'all have pushed the Orient to a different I've degree. I've definitely smoked in church. Oh, Lord. Uh, Lord I've never, Lord. I never what had the opportunity Lord? to. I've de- oh no no no! Oh, I definitely Lord. have in the parking lot. I definitely have in the parking lot. Before you go in, okay. I was talking at the building. Oh, but Lord. it was a big building. You act like I'm. Well, she said it was well ventilated. I don't see why <laughs> it was a problem. It was snowing outside. It was. It was, it was cold. <laughs> We're so black. It was cold, right? It was, it was cold. cold, and I had to go in because it was cold. You know, God knows my heart. He do. He made it. Oh Lord, that that's like good. being mad at me for eating vegetables. Like, oh, those are my little babies. Aren't we all though? Aren't we all? Oh Lord. <laughs> Your turn, sis. Another question. All right. So, what is the worst weed experience you've ever had, or strand experience? Oh my goodness. Please tell me. Okay, so the worst experience I ever had was the first experience I ever had. No, no, no. Was the was it like the third experience I ever had? So the third. Damn. So I I remember when I first started smoking, I remember it was always with someone the first or second time. And I remember my first time ever having it to myself, to myself. Uh and so I, you know, being I think I was like 18, 17 or 18. Um, and just, just started smoking, you know, for just a couple of months. And I decide that today to smoke as I'm by myself, I'm going to face a blunt. Mm-hmm. Now, this is at the height of green. Like, I don't know why, I don't know where I got it from, but I've always been able to get myself, my hands on something nice. And it, it started out that way. Yes, Lord. So... You know, I'm like, oh, you know, but mind you, I've never smoking more than probably what in ratio is half a blunt by myself. But it's always, True. you know, you understand? So this is very, very yeah. early. This is like, you know. You was really excited. Yeah. So I get one to myself. I got, I, and I stuff like a gram and a Too half in there. <laughs> I stuff like, like more weed, I'll get high. That shit was a fucking cigar. Like it was it was I remember oh, that it was huge. I took like <laughs> I took like five puffs and like in the midst of it. I remember I was in, in the midst of I remember I was in my room and just in the midst of mm-hmm. it, my chest mm-hmm. it started to fucking run. So now <laughs> so now that mud is like and I and I've never had this. Like this is the first time this is happening. Like usually, you know, you get a little Oh, you know, you get a little, little energy, a little something, something, but it, it don't be like this, man. My heart was off the fucking chain. Things So, like any other rational, you know, teenager, I think I'm about to die. And so I'm like, oh, I'm about to die. And so I, I start to look around because I'm about to die. And my mom is gone, mind you. So if I die, I just die. Like, there's nothing to save me. <laughs> Like there's nothing to no, save me. You like I couldn't. And the first thing that goes, and so the next thing that happens is that the walls start to start to go warm, warm, warm in and out. Because I had, um, I had the one of those rooms that was like at the attic. So it was like, oh. you know, it was like a triangle. You was having a bad LSD. Yo, them mud started. I looked at them walls, and walls started going and I lost mm-hmm. my shit. So all kinds of worst case scenario, because you know, I'm high and paranoid. So all kinds of worst case scenarios things start coming into play. I'm like, well, if I jump out the window, who's going to tell my mom? 
<laughs> you know, she's gonna come home and she's just going to fucking find she's me right here on the you know dead. And you know, and for some reason, that's what I became more scared of. I didn't, I didn't become scared of actually dying. I came, I became scared of killing myself in some dumbass way. Like, what if I jump? Because I was upstairs no, too. I was baby. like, what if I can't get down the stairs? You know, mm-hmm. and I'm just asking the man. I mean, this is, what I, and I remember, I put that bitch out. <laughs> I got up. I went to go downstairs, but it was too much. It was just too much to do. So I had to crawl to the bathroom. So when I crawled to the bathroom, I just prayed. I was like, Lord Jesus, I would never smoke again. If you let me get through this and you don't let me die, I promise I will never do this again. This is it. I should not, I should not have strayed away from your life. I am a sinner. I am blasphemous and I deserve this punishment. I know what this right, is. Right, like for. this is I know what why. I got for taking the herb. The Lord said don't herb. do drugs, and I knew better. But but see, I, I tell that story a lot when I talk about life because I did at that moment think I was going to die. I did at that moment was scared as shit, but look at me now. It just is what it is. So that reminds me of my first time in college having one of those out-of-body experiences. So it wasn't until... It took me a long time before I actually rolled my own. I bought my own. I buy the rolling paper and other people would roll for me. Which, of course, results in you smoking less. Because, you know, there's a tax of you not being able to roll. So I'm with a group of friends. We're in a room. And I got so high that I thought I had left the room. And got into the steps and went downstairs Mm -hmm. and decided it was too much to go downstairs and came back to my body. The whole time I'm having this out-of-body experience, I've not gotten up yet. And they're just looking at me because my face is just stuck. And I'm like... Looking at them intently like... The face she has is that original meme, that straight dead eye, like... Like it was so transparent. If you could draw a face right now with a a pin, really, I thought I was trapped in my body, and that's why I couldn't get up and move. And I tried to do the steps, and I made an immediate decision. I wasn't doing steps. I was like, "Steps? Oh, that's, you're gonna fall down and die, right?" <laughs> Definitely, because look at all of those steps in the row, right? Um, who put them like that? <laughs> it lined up the same time that I got blackout drunk and thought I woke up having been violated because someone had changed my clothes because I threw up. Oh boy! <laughs> oh. I was like, ah! yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Hold on, hold on. Let me tell you something. As what? as a man, never have I had the full disclosure of what it is to be a woman until right now. To be a woman is so dangerous that somebody can help you out and you will wake up and freak the fuck out because you thought somebody took advantage of you because you're just a woman. Yo, that's wild. That's the wildest thing ever right there. I'm so glad you got that. That is wild. Like that's that's that because the that's really... takeaway. Because as a man, that's I wake up day. and I'm just like, oh shit, somebody stole my clothes. <laughs> you know, that's the first thought I, I have. Think, you know what? I think it's also a condition of culture, right? Mm. Right. Because all of us thought we had been violated while we were asleep. A white person would have assumed I was fucked up. 
someone put me in my pajamas. <laughs> Damn. Because okay, because let's talk about that. Because white women do do that to each other. They take them, they change yeah, them. They, they put each other. Wow. I'm like, God, bitch, you are fucked Okay, so, so let's God. talk about that. And I just got to say this because this is just an opportune time to make a point. What does that say then about what's reality versus the narrative that black women are pushing out here? Well, I mean, the reality is perspective is each everything. Each individual person, right? Each individual person knows things based on experience, right? Like a lot of, I, I can say this for myself: the white female friends I've had had taken have taken me to the next level faster and more genuinely than my friends than my female friends of mm-hmm. color. And it's not a, a slight to my female no, friends of color. No, these are just I'm conditions. Sure if they're business women. They would attest to the right. same. No, I hear that a lot. A white female counterpart at a company will say, you know what? Come on. Why don't you try your cookies out at four of our restaurants? Mm-hmm. Just, let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. try it out. And your friend who works for the cookie manufacturer, that girl, once you get past some um, so-and-so, then, you know, maybe we'll meet up there. Never thinks to use her position to help you only because she's literally afraid of how it's going to affect her. Never considering you could both win and be great. And the women that do are are just examples of how, how it instantly works. The women of color that help each other always elevate faster. Right. For me, it's a little bit different. I actually have specifically like been around different levels of white culture and had to really bring myself to a uh, uh, end of a like an individual standpoint because if not I was going to become their culture you know what I'm saying like uh that I didn't want to mold myself I I specifically found the black girls and even the black girls that didn't like me I'd be like you know what here like on on the flip hand side you know I got you back like a booty crack if you was in the alley right there I I got you you know what I'm saying it was never like it was unspoken and it like and, you know, when they mamas would come around and stuff, I never down talk their daughter or nothing like that, even though they was hazing me. But the white girls, see, I believe that they felt a hierarchy already due to their privilege. And I feel like sometimes they do overwhelmingly uh, get to you and, like, overextend themselves. Or maybe they, they extend themselves. And the, no, no, but to see, that's you my know, philosophy on why white people are so nice. Because right, you live... because they're trying to keep us Well, complacent. not even that. Not even that. Okay, so... Okay, so I tell black folks now, it is it is time for us to get away from the villain white person. I'm, I'm, number one, I'm sick of the narrative. Number two, I'm not building no more of that reality, no more by giving to it. Because number three, they're not really out here. And it's more of a, they literally want you to be afraid of the image. It's, it's like Batman. Batman wants you to be afraid of the symbol of who Batman is rather than the actual Bat himself. It is mm-hmm. the same thing with the racist white person. He, it, it, is more, it is more fearful in, in thought and idea than it, ever has, than it ever has been right now in present. We're not talking about the days where they, they would rally about like five of them together and come to your house and fuck your shit up. We're not talking about that time no more. And that is one that is one thing we do have to swallow. Yes, you still have these racist white people who like to say things. Who cares about who and and I got haters for days. Some of them 
Yeah, but their privilege is what's dangerous. It's there not is, their but, racism. But my only point is racism. that that is the reason that oh, they ahead. can be nice. The only reason that they can be nice is because they stem right. from a a relationship with the circumstances that are different than ours. You see a white person, a white person is like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's no problem because they don't live off of necessity. Why should they? Why should they? That's an, but that right. is something that I do right. tell black people we need to get out of. We need to get out of living savagely for survival and acting like we are always desperate. Exactly. Well, just to, to we live like point, savages reign while we're royalty. Just to make the point for, for black women and in, in POCs in general, we need to stop guiding ourselves after the white woman's image. And understand, we don't, there was never a hierarchy in the first place with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a whole, you don't, if you don't think that they're better than you, then you can realize that, of course, you're supposed to be at the table. And yes, go above and beyond. But when it comes down to the facts and percentages in your money, you know you have uh, that, that knowledge because they might deviate you up later on. Can I jump off of that and say it goes past that? What do you mean be at the table? Who gives a fuck about their table? No, I'm they're not. the dwindling part of the population. Fuck them. That's that's where it has to come from. Not a good or a bad. Just fuck them. Like okay, so I want to I want to jump okay off that one. You I want to jump off that one, and so we're gonna jump off them both. Right. We have to identify that. Okay, so <clears throat> I tell I tell women all the time that I agree wholeheartedly, one thousand percent of what you said. That women have to stop. And I and I mean this from feminism all the way to the workplace, all the way to the home, all the way to the bedroom. Stop listening to them. Stop thinking that what they they say or do applies to you. It does not. Um, in that same front, when women, when black women ask me, well, you know, what's up with black men? Let me tell you what's up. What's up is that. And I'm not I'm not doing no blame somewhere down the line. The black man could no longer survive by playing by our rules and the way we systematically set it up in our community. In lieu of trying to feed one's stomach, feed a wife, feed whatever, whatever, the black man over generation and generation has found himself adhering to the white man's game. Now, see, here's the problem with that. You're never going to win that game. It's not your game. It's not your game, and it's not your game to win. But here's a deeper problem. A deeper problem is that black women hold their hold a lot of black men to the stature or esteem or the scale of the white Eurocentric male image. And then you have black men out here who are like, okay, I want that type of power. I want that type of shit. You're not touching that type of power in their game. The only way that we have learned to do it. That's how we found our way to the streets. That's how you found we are a piece of the underworld. We had no choice. We weren't even counted as human. Got to be counted as human, but separated. Was included, but treated like shit. The underworld was where we were. Yes, we were criminals as a whole. It was part of the thing. But it, it, all, it all depends on the definition of things that you use. Our, all of our issues come from the fact that we look at it as a mirror and we go, here is their gauge. We should be trying in our best best to beat them at their own game. Completely and utterly, our power, in my opinion, is to say, fuck their game. To only play it only to the extent of necessary, I mean, like, of complete necessity. 
Like, if it's not necessary to do this with them, I don't think we should be doing it. I don't think we should be doing it. I think the fact that we we put our babies in education is one thing. Then you got women talking about, well, you know, yeah, let me listen to this white woman about how she feels about men. How the fuck you going to listen to her about white men? White men don't live in the same reality. Right, because they don't even right, be staying what? at home. They, they, don't, they don't have any reality close to what a black woman's reality is. So how can she tell you, like, even the shit of, oh, we don't get paid. I, a black woman said to me once, to my face, you don't pay me as much as I should get paid when I am in the workforce. And I go, see, that's the fucking problem. The problem is you think I do anything. Nigga, I have no power in this game. <laughs> so so the fact that you think that I reap any white male privilege or white male patriarchy is right. absolutely And I would use it It's for insane. Right. It's insane to say to the black man pushing such and such an hour, you are the reason why I don't get paid such and such. No. White people are the reason you don't get paid such and such. That's how it always been. That's how it always shall be as long as the algorithm is what it is. But white women have lied to you and convinced you that y'all are in the same little category. And so you think to yourself, yeah, men are the enemy. How am I ever the enemy? How am I ever the fucking enemy? I'm as broke as you. I'm as hurt as you. I'm as traumatized as you. No, you know what? No, I say it's worse. I'll say it's worse. I have to jump in only because I agree with you. And this is why I'll say from a female point of view, I'm Afro-Latina, right? So I have two distinct versions of manhood that I was displayed. And I totally understood what you're coming from. Because I said to an ex one time who was from the Caribbean, I said, you were born free. I was like, you have no idea what it's like to be born as a target. I had, I have a brother who is about 11.59 p.m. shade of black. And he was a target. He was, and, he, and if you, you know, by all standards, he was the sweetest, gentlest. He's 6'8", kind, you know, basketball player. But he was a target growing up in our suburban neighborhood. It doesn't matter. It's the first thing you learn because, in education. Because it didn't matter where, how safe he tried to no, make himself look. No, no, look. no, no, no. I We're wear a not suit every safe. day. I wear a suit every and day you know in my what? job. And when these We're people see safe. me with these children, the first thing that comes to their mind is, is he a predator? Period. Because I am black. Yeah. And because I am a male. And, and here's the thing. This is why. I'm, no, because you are black no, and because, educated. Because and and because I am a black and a male. It's so standard on that. Which is why. Which is why I don't like to engage in that who's the bigger victim conversation. Right. But if you really want to put it on parameters, if you really want to put it on parameters, I'm the biggest victim. Because the whole entire systematic way, like, black women like to talk about, well, because I'm a woman, this. Nigga, everything, every move they make is so that I can make no moves. Facts. They hurt themselves just so just I can make you. no moves. And like I tell black women, how is it, though, how you going to say you are where I am, but also be the leaders in entrepreneurship, the leaders in business, the leaders in corporate? How do y'all get here where I am not, but you're going to tell me that I'm the nigga holding you back? You know what it is? It's a, just, just a disconnect. 
we're speaking a different wavelength. We're speaking to future you, and you're talking to past us. That's the problem. Like, there are some women and some men that fall in both categories, period, because people are people. But the majority is a disconnect. Women have sought therapy to get over their bullshit because they were tired of their children ending up in the system. They were tired of their mothers being on crack and then they get on uh, weed and then or alcohol, which was the next big one for African-Americans. You know what I'm saying? So they found a way through it because they had it because all the men are in jail. So there's nobody else to have this conversation with. They just have to have and, it. And, and we have it, to remember that right? that's the first but reason black that men the black got man left was behind. never at the house. But black men got left behind in that explored. But black men got left behind because they didn't get the mental health care right. and start seeing themselves as these puzzles that needed to be put back together. So for that, black women can say, we're sorry. We didn't make sure that our black boys who were having fights in school weren't really being abused and just lashing out. And that's the only comfortable form of lashing out for Man, men. Look, let me tell you, I tell, I tell black women in every debate all the time, I said, I have no, I am never trying to tell a woman that her existence is easy. I'm definitely never trying to tell a black woman her existence is easy. Yeah, but women have to elevate. But here, here's, what, here's what I do know is a fact, be, though. Women make life. We have to understand we're responsible for that life. We make life. We're but see, responsible be, be, for that life. Before beyond you can't just that, put men and people I, into I the world without into caring. The, into the opinionated realms. Because that's how you get into the, the heavy arguments that last forever. I try to get into the finites. Mm-hmm. The things that I know that are here, that are concrete, that are tangible in front of me. And one of the things that I have just had to notice, it's not something that I look for. It's something that hit, hit me in the fucking face, was that Ed, because I was black and because I had a penis, nobody gave a fuck about mm-hmm. what mattered to me, about was I happy, about my emotional stability. A woman's emotional stability, see, women like to do that thing where they go, oh, Nobody cares about how we feel. How is that even possible when your whole existence is on the backbone of, well, you know she's emotional. Understand that. Well, duh, we're smarter than y'all. I mean, we trigged the system. Like. Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't I don't want it to be like a, a true, because y'all are, this is like the debate team right here. I'm up here like, okay, all right. All right if I could look at you, I'd be like, all right, man. I'm okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So, like, <laughs> nobody really truly gives a fuck about the black men unless they want to fuck the black men. And that's the hardest thing that, that we face every day. As a black woman, I, I, I will say me because I don't want to generalize anybody because we're not all mm-hmm. monolithic. I want it to be understood. I respect your your life in your existence without your existence we really wouldn't be able to prevail here but here's the thing here's the thing at that point at that point you go ahead and tell that information to your brothers and tell them the same sentiments we're not asking you to uh generalize yourself but exactly if what they want to do and understand how they could apply it and keep it going and be consistent so that way you know we can meet each other halfway and have better results in the long run you know it's not to you know bet like you know we got to stop that's what we say you know you can't generalize things but we're not white you know what i'm saying so we can't we can't keep on thinking that their constructs is going to be our definite in uh structures we might have to constitute something i don't know of ourselves but we're too scared because of what results it has again been in the past. that is you know what I'm 1000 and that's unfortunate. And i agree with you 
wholeheartedly. Because I, I tell people too, <clears throat> I tell people too, man, you got to get to the point where, because the the way I look at it, oh, so that is a dog. I was like, I know that's a dog over there. I'm not tripping. Am I tripping? <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause, that's cause yeah, this no, one, that's... Cause look, this one's a dad. I could have been tripping. So I was like, am I tripping? I like that you was like, nah, I heard it. Like, I know, time. like, nah, nah, I'm, I'm not, not going to, because if I would have said something, y'all didn't say nothing, that means I got to go to the hospital. I mean, I got to go to the hospital. This gas is crazy. This gas is crazy. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. You can't, like, go, you to can't go to the Like, I'm just fucked. You know? I'm just completely and utterly fucked right now. You jump out that window this time. That's so Um, ass. But no, you're absolutely right, man. And we have to, it's the parameters around the way, because when I look at a woman, right, we right. need each other to and survive. Like, That's the bottom line. So we're sorry we left you behind, but when we say you don't get our plight, it's not that you don't get our plight. What we're really saying, and we're using bad communication tools, we're lonely. Okay, so here's, so, so, we're so, alone. We're successful. So here's the we thing: have what you have, like I, I like to tell you too. Like in the last, like I watched granddaddies and great uncles, man. The reason you see, the reason that the image of this old, big old country southern black man who doesn't speak is because he is one unhappy motherfucker. <laughs> That's why he doesn't speak. That's why he Ooh. goes to work, comes home, sit in his chair, watches his stuff, and says nothing. That's why a lot of people have fathers who are quiet men. They're not quiet mm-hmm. because they really never had an urge or really never had a feeling. They've had to suppress. They've had to suppress to a point to live, to survive, to provide. They've had to suppress, and nobody's ever gave a fuck. So that's why you get that strong, cold, he don't got no emotions image from the, the Southern or, or the Black man, because that is, that is the way it had to go. But here's my biggest point is when we come to this, well, get niggas in check. Okay, so here's the thing. From just, I, and I can only speak for myself, I'm not about to go out here. And I ain't got time to be trying to father these motherfucking men who do not know what the fuck they have to do. All I can do is teach the boys. You okay? So when women tell me what men are doing, I go, you cannot fix broken men. You can only build better boys. So I need the women while you are out here. See, women want this thing where I'm making bad decisions. So I wish there were less bad decisions to make so that I could be easier to make a good decision. I'm so sorry, baby girl. That's just not what it is. I wish it was, but you got a slew of trash out here. One of your jobs to protect yourself, Mm -hmm. because that is your highest priority, is to learn to discern. It's the way people always say they always coming upon snake people in their life. I rarely meet a snake. And every time that I do, I know I'm off rip. I don't understand why people have a hard time with these people who are coming in and fucking up their lives. Why can't you not recognize love? Why can't you not recognize genuine shit? That's on you. That's not on nobody else. That's not on the world. That's not on society. That's on you. Your mama should have taught you. Your mama should have taught you how to identify a good man, but your mama didn't know because her mama didn't know because somewhere down the line, the white man made sure he either killed off or incarcerated the good ones and the rest that were left that were heart and that were broken Mm -hmm. and that were down, those were the only ones you had to mess with or you had the ones who were doing their best and was never home because they worked forever, all day, all from morning, noon to night. All they did was work. But this is when we had trade in the the community. Once the government took trade out the community, all we had was the dope boy. That's how the dope boy got any kind of romanticized um, notion that it has now is because at one time, 
they yeah, were the only income. income we had. But see, then again, they got in there, they put music in there, they put propaganda in there, they put agenda in there, and then they corrupted that. But the woman still held on to what? Her love of trash, her love of hood, her love of thug, her love of that provider sense of what is no longer there, which is why she keeps getting the same result that she keeps getting, but still as a collective, she has yet to change her criteria of what she wants. It's like when women come to me and they date a hood nigga, but they get mad when he don't want to get married. You bring me a hood nigga that wants to settle down. You find me one. When you find me one that is out here who don't have multiple women in his arms, I I, I don't understand. <laughs> to be a hood nigga. Right. Because he already so settled got, down. They got this meme multiple out here times. right now where they got this girl, this guy. He's like, oh, hey, how you doing, beautiful? And under there is a picture of a girl. She's like, ignore. Then under them is a picture of this dark-skinned dude with tattoos, and he's uh, the stereotypical thug. And she's like, hey, he, and uh, he's sends her the uh, dick emoji and she's like oh that's great so a lot of people want to combat this with that oh hood niggas don't exist everybody who just lives in the hood is technically a hood nigga and um it's just broke nerds that are just mad right now okay so let's take this half and half number one okay no no who this, says this is, that this, 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 this country is ass people. listen who listen this lies? has been on I'm twitter i'm a big twitter person I'm a big Twitter follower. I follow back nerd. Twitter as a whole. <laughs> I, I love it because it keeps me up to date, not only on what's real, but only on what the masses are up to. And the masses of us right now, this generation, this latter generation, um, somehow would like to make up for the fact that we have romanticized the worst type of men. And what they want to say is that there are these nerds. I hear that the only reason you're saying that she like um, thug... Um, Niggas is because you a hurt nerd, blah, blah, blah. You don't get women. First of all, I'm a whole nerd. That has never stopped me from getting women. I have no plight against anybody getting women. So there are other whole nerds out here. See, if you're not going to go by that category over there and say that that's um, a whole people, then you can't take the nerd category and be like, this is all of us, nigga. Because all of us ain't lame as hell. All of us don't have no problem. Look, look, we got to be real. Polyamory is real. Okay. It, no, it, no, it's, it's a, a real, real thing. It's, but when it's we just, call it out, but when somebody it calls it out, although it may be a little reach for the sake of the meme, although it may be what we don't want to admit is that I hear women say it all the time. I hear women from the hood, from women to the college, because I know everybody. I be everywhere. Everybody. I hear women everywhere have the same narrative when it comes to what makes them wet or makes them hot or makes them want to fuck. It's a certain motherfucking narrative. And let me be real, real. Kanye West said it himself. Before Kanye came out with the polo, no, you would not dare catch a black nigga in pink. You would not dare. There would be no woman who would say she was attracted to a nigga in fucking pink. <laughs> so you're not going to tell me that the woman's Lure in a man does not change with the fucking time. <laughs> What's up, Mary Jane? And Muchies. Here, it's Boston Bossy. And this is Queenie Jones. And if you want to contact us for questions, concerns, perhaps to be on the show, or for, for advertising purposes, you can call us at 857-342-2584. Or hit us up on IG at Queenie Jones or Boston Bossy. Or hit us up on the email at Queenie Jones. And if you need to know how to spell Queenie Jones right quick, it's Q-U-E-M-I-E-J-O-N-E-S at gmail.com. Period. Bye. Bye.
are Mary Jane and Munchies. Bye. Eighty-five thousand, y'all.